Hello and welcome to The Donfather, a family podcast about a resurgent football club. I am your host, Nick, and with me tonight is... Uh, it's Matteo here. You know, I'm back. Uh, the Bombers are back, which means I come back and uh, it must be good to have me. Oh, it's definitely always good to have you. Uh, big Nick energy last week, a bit of Nick Matt energy this week. Uh, what's been going on? You've been missing for a couple of weeks. The listeners have been messaging me. They've been saying, where's Maddie? Get him back on. I'm looking for, if I could see one screenshot of that, I would be, uh, that'd be my day made. But, uh, no, it's been a, uh, it's been a weird couple of weeks because we've been playing Saturday and obviously, uh, uh, that's the same time as, uh, local football. Um, I also missed, well, no, uh, what have I missed? The Sydney, that was at. You missed Sydney, Sydney and on, Bris Sydney Vegas. Sunday, wasn't it? Or... We, it was. We were at a, uh, 21st on Sunday for the Brisbane game, as the that's, listeners would know. That's correct. I, uh, yeah, no, because we, we were... You you watched it back uh, in the in the evening. Uh, yes. I was, uh, had to get home, do my washing, and uh, do some shopping. Otherwise, I would have been screwed. So, uh, and then Brisbane was uh, local... Pardon me, local footy time. So I've missed a couple, even though I, I wonder if I, I've did I miss some before that? Or did I, I can't remember. But um, You'll have to go back and listen to the tapes. I will. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back. Uh, I actually think Sunday was the first game I've been at uh, in which we won. I think that's the first uh, win. It may be. It may so, be because we, we watched the Brisbane game on TV. We watched the... Sydney game on TV. Uh, no, we went to the Sydney game, luckily. Uh, it was the previous yeah. Sydney game we watched on TV. But you were not there. Um, and then the week before, we lost to West Coast. And the week before that, uh, that was a TV special. The St Kilda game. Yeah, so I think I'm mixing up the Sydney and Brisbane games. Mm. Um, mm. But the, I think uh, around that time, I was... Just uh, finishing off uni there with that last uh, big assignment. So I think I was uh, heading to that. Just turned off the world for a couple of weeks. Ah, so, fair uh, enough. No, good to be to be back and uh, a bit of a weight off the shoulders and I uh, can attack. Really was able to attack this game and just watch everything with a uh, with a keen intent. As it wouldn't be too many dislikes uh, this week, wouldn't I thought? Oh, I've got a couple. Oh, I've got, got a couple. couple. But no, uh, we'll get... actually fair. We'll get to that in in due course. Uh, I'll, tell but, uh, what's, uh, I'll tell you what's not a dislike. In fact, what's that? It, it is great to have the uh, D'Ambrosio family uh, follow along uh, with us here at the Donfather Pod. So, do they follow us? Oh, well, I believe Daniela, um, our social media manager, um, pointed out that they followed us or they view our content. So, uh, hopefully, they listen to the podcast and. Uh, a, a massive shout out to them. They have uh, well, they should be very proud of their son. And he's you know not just representing their family, but I think he's representing a community. Well, uh, that that's an awesome segue into our new segment. You wouldn't know this because you haven't been on the pod, but uh, well, we we have a new segment that we started last week, and it's called "How Good Is Massimo?" He's good. He he is. Uh, uh, I'm thinking of a he's. Uh, I was yeah trying to do a bit of a play on uh, words there with mass and massive and uh, I was thinking there was an Italian word but I'm ma- uh, mixing that up with bellissimo. Ah, oh, well, uh, it kind of rhymes. It does a bit. 
Massimo, oh. bellissimo. Bellissimo, massimo. Yeah, so it goes goes nicely. It goes well together. Laura actually wanted to make a comment. She listened to our last episode and she thought that his if he was pasta, he would be lasagna. There's so many layers to him. Or... Yeah, might be, might be like an ogre, like an onion, many layers. <laughs> I thought it was cakes. Um, <laughs> right, but uh, that's a bit. Uh, that's a bit uh, just to degrade someone to pasta. That's it's not degrading. It's pasta's a wonderful thing. I'd love to be compared to pasta. Fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. Do you uh, actually? We're totally uh, diverting here from uh, football, but being an Italian, mm. do you do you ever go to an Italian restaurant and order pasta? Never. Never. No, I'm Never ever 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 do I order yeah. pasta. I think I've done it once. And to be, to be fair, it was I'll give them a plug. It was Jesus uh, on Ligon Street. I've actually forgotten. What it was. I think it was called like Massimo's or something. Actually, probably funnily enough. Yeah. I forget. Uh, you know what? You, you, you carry on. I'll do some, uh, I'll do some research. Trying to get a bit of a plug there for local. Do, doing a good up for the local. Ah, Danini's. That's what it was. Danini's. That's not Massimo's at all. Yeah. I've, well, yeah. So, up, so what was your pasta ordering experience like? Well, I always say, so I've just dropped my pen much to, uh, Laura I feel like you've dropped your bundle. I've I've dropped a lot. Uh, it's never the the Monday recording doesn't always sit that well with me. It just throws me around a bit. But uh, it was it was all right. We're very lucky, Nick, in that um, we both grew up. Well, we both grew up with nonnas, but uh, my nonna is your uh, auntie Mary, is your auntie. She's my uh, pseudo nonna. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know the the age gap's pretty similar there. Um, but we every what. Italian restaurants or any sort of respectable restaurant is trying to emulate with their pasta, which is, you know, authentic Italian from the from the the the, the common people. We grew up on. We we got to experience uh, weekly, a few times a week. You know, so the standard for us is is already that. And what they're trying to replicate is exactly what, um, you know, we we already have the fortune of uh, receiving. Uh, all received as we grew up a lot, so mm. um, it, 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 it's very—I mean, it's very fortunate. I'm very privileged to say that, but there's not—it's very be very difficult to have me blown away by a pasta dish because I've always had very good pasta. Well, the problem with ordering pasta at a restaurant is you pay—I don't know how much people charge for pasta because I never bought it. Let's say you pay thirty bucks for a plate of pasta. What happens at home once you finish your first bowl of pasta? <laughs> well, you gotta have more. You get a second bowl of pasta, don't you? You just can't do that in a restaurant. Well, you can, but it costs you another 30 bucks. Exactly right. Uh, I did actually have to ask for, uh, uh, like, there was an option there that you could actually order. It was like, five, you pay $5 extra and you got, like, an extra serve sort of thing. And I asked for that. And, well, it said on the menu, uh, the plate of pasta is designed to be a plate of pasta. Yeah. Well, that can mean either two things. Either they're talking about a plate and there's not much and just a little serving. Or, you know, it's a nice, uh, full, rich uh, serving like you would get at Nonna's or, in your case, your Zia Maria's. Yeah. Uh, thank gosh I got the extra because the extra was actually what we would consider a plate of pasta. Uh, and it only, ju- it, it only just, you know, just just topped it off. It wasn't too much, wasn't uh, not enough. So, 
Oh, they got that right. Well, it's funny because you read the back the, past the packet and it says, this packet serves four people. And every time I see that, I go, no, it doesn't, mate. This serves maybe two. Maybe, if you're lucky. Oh, boy. Oh, but, uh, yeah, there you go. So we, we've Jeez, do you know who does not care about this past the discussion? Three Any of our listeners, apart from maybe Massimo. Maybe. Maybe. Well, you know, it'd be great to... Um... You know, hopefully we can, if, if his parents are listening, contact the page. We'd love to get you on and uh, chat all things Massimore and footy and, and maybe even pasta. Yeah, well, well, we could swap some family recipes. Everyone's got their own. That's, I wonder what part of Italy is from. We all, we all uh, something we all connect on. Well, you ever meet another Italian? Oh, well, where are you from? Where are you from? Like, yeah. we're all born in Melbourne, but. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> where, that's right. Where are you from? Never, I've never set foot in the country, but hey, we're Italian. <laughs> I haven't actually seen the place, but uh, yeah, there you go. Did, yeah. Does your mum give you the hard time about going back to the village? Uh, no, nah, but I, I've, every time someone goes to Europe, you know, and yeah, uh, at least growing up before Facebook and Instagram was around, it was always, um, you know, I would come look at the photos, all the photos. Every single person, every single person, has at least one photo of this is where it all started. This is where my parents came from, my grandparents. So, like, everyone, you just have to go and see it, don't you? You have to go and see where it all started. I've seen it a million times in photos. <laughs> everyone, if, else has, everyone else has showed me. If I want to see a shack, I can go to plenty of places in <laughs> Melbourne to see a half-built shack, mate. Yeah, it might be a little bit deflating just to realise, well, actually, I've, I've come from... Uh, Villages. My 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 dynasty is just just a, a farmland. Uh, but how far back farmer. do you want to go? Where did they come from? Where did they start? Well, that's it. We're all farmers at one age stage, weren't we? Not yeah, there's anyone with farmers, so I, I shouldn't I shouldn't uh, uh, they're, they're the backbone of our country, so I should. They are. Um, that's why we have the country festival. I'd say maybe like villages or something. That's probably a bit more accurate. Do you know what wasn't the country festival? Uh, Sunday, four forty. Marvel Stadium, Essendon versus the Gold Coast Suns. Gold Coast Suns were on a bit of a high, weren't they, Maddie? They'd just come off a, a big win. Seven goal last quarter, kick after the siren to uh, beat the Richmond Tigers. And look, as far as I'm concerned, the more close ones that Richmond lose, the better. It's a bit of Schro- Schrodenfreude or whatever, however that word is pronounced uh, for me. But uh, yeah, they were up and about, and they were—they had a final spot on the line. Um, and I did not expect to see the performance that they put up against us yesterday afternoon. Yeah, well, they, they certainly had more to play for than than. Uh, oh my gosh, pardon me. Uh, than what we did, um, but they didn't play like it. So um, it was actually funny. I um, after the game, for some reason, uh, the Gold Coast Suns page came up on my news feed uh, and I, I well being a uh, a uh, bored I don't know uh, but being a uh, interested uh, nuffy I decided to check the comment section uh, and uh, what you know it's, it's always funny watching other teams fans complain the same way that you know we do as fans it's like being in alternate reality right it's like how can you be complaining about the umpires yeah. they're only bad for us yeah um but they were not they were not happy with the with the umpiring uh affair um but they were also quite uh, admitted that uh or they admitted that 
uh, the the Suns players just did not come out to play. They they were uh, they were no good. They let me read some stats for you. Disposals four hundred and eight to two ninety three. Wow. Uh, now kicks are two fifty two to two hundred. But more importantly, the handballs were one fifty six to ninety three. What that suggests to me is that you are not running for your teammates. Handballs more than kicks, I think, are really important stat when dealing with effort and run and carry, right? Like, because if you're running past for a handball receive, you're going to get it, you pass it on to someone else, it shows that you're running in waves. And so that that's really telling that um, to have beaten them in handballs by that much. Uh, 60 to 45 inside 50s. So 15 more inside 50s, which is, is significant. Efficiencies, ours, ours was 7% better, you know, 76 over 69. Um, and our efficiency inside 50 was significantly better, 61 to 33. So almost double their efficiency. And then free kicks, 27 to 17. I don't know what they're complaining about. That seems pretty even to me. Um, As but you would say, it's not the number of free kicks. It, it, that is correct. It is not the number. It is when and where. But to be honest, if we look at that game as a whole... There wasn't an opportunity for a free kick to be controversial and to change the course of the game because we started with the momentum. They kicked four goals in a row and then did not show a peep for the rest of that game. Yeah, well, um, no, I think that's a fair. They, they got smashed. So, uh, But no, I thought we probably got a little bit of the rub, you know, the rub of the green uh, fell our way. Uh, a little bit, but uh, it's funny how it. Uh, I think you always do when you dominate a team. Like if, if you just got more of the ball, or you're winning the ball back a lot easier, uh, you know, you tend to get the free kicks uh, that go your way. You Look, I, I said this last week as well. I said this in the Brisbane game. Absolutely, we got the run of, rubber of the green against Brisbane. That there was quite a few free kicks paid for us that I was absolutely scratching my head, and especially interstate. Um. And look, we got a couple of soft ones yesterday. Like Peter Wright got a soft chopping the arms one. And I think Guelphie got one on the wing that I, both of those, I was like, ah, that's pretty soft. But neither of those were at crucial moments in the game. You know, one, the Peter Wright one was very early and we'd already been dominating possession. And the Guelphie one, I think we were up by six goals at that point. But really, that was that was it. There was no, as far as I can tell... It's certainly not enough to make a you know ten goal difference, which is you know, or eight goal difference, which is what we won by. Yeah, no, look, we we dominated that game from start to finish, and uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, to diving into it because I think there are a lot of likes. Mm. Um, Why don't you kick us off? Have you got one? Oh, we're not going. We're not doing the break thing. We just going well, we can it. take a bit of a little bit of a break. No, if no, you no, like. no, no. Have you got a song in mind that you want to play? Let's uh. Uh, no, I'll leave that to the, uh, the man himself. All right. Well, because Maddie wants a little bit of a music, uh, let's take a little bit of a break. And then when we come back, we'll jump straight into our likes and our dislikes. It just takes some time. How was that tune, Maddie? Did you enjoy it? That was good. I'm a man of routine and, uh, you know, well, it's not really habit, but yeah, uh, routine. 
Um, mm, but, mm. Uh, no, look, I'll kick us off with the likes. Uh, well, I'm just looking at the stats now, and you could really go down the list. But uh, one man who I think has to be commended, and uh, there's a little bit of uh, I told you so in this one. I never, I don't. I, if, if you can go back into any podcast and tell me that I gave up on this guy, uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be significantly damned because uh, Mr. Dylan Shiel, mm. aka the number one ranked clearance player at the moment. Uh, let me run you a few stats. It's just uh, you'd be very, very happy with with what he's done and how he's responded. Uh, but uh, look, up on disposals from 19.9 to 24. Uh, contested possessions up on average three uh, from five clearances to eight and uh, from three and a half score involvements to seven and tackles are up as well. So that's just uh, uh, ranked elite uh, in clearances, disposal average, contested possessions, score involvements and tackles above average, but elite at clearances. So... Uh, perhaps mm. we've got that big body mid we've been looking for. Just, I uh... don't know that he is the big body mid. Well, I don't know that that's his style. He's more of a Chris Judd clearance player, I would say. I think he's a more of he reads the tap really well and he explodes away from the contest really well. Mm. And also, uh, just to add to that, number one attacker at the club. But uh, yes, yeah, so I did say to you during the game that uh, the way he plays is very, very Chris Judd. Uh, and I would argue he's in uh, that kind of form. He he has gone from having the worst season that I've seen from him to the absolute best season that I've seen for him. Would you agree? Uh, it would certainly be up there. Um, I think he's 28. When did he come to us? 2019. Hmm. When he first got to us, he looked very dangerous. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think this is his best. The way he's bringing teammates into the game and working yeah. but, and actually doing hard stuff, you know. a lot of Tackling. Uh, was, yeah, tackling. Pressure. Um, exactly right, yeah. Um, but also clearances, um, like the stuff that we actually brought him in to really, you know, significantly have a difference in. Um I think that's what's most encouraging from Dylan is is he's, he, that I think that's what separates really good players from great players is is how well they can bring their teammates in and he seems to be doing a good job of bringing teammates in but at the same time um, taking the game on and using his strengths. Uh, and like the thing can. with this patch of form is it actually started before we started winning, so it's not like he is the front runner. That only goes well when the team's going well. He's been playing well for a number of weeks previous to us getting on this little form streak. Yeah, no, he, he look very impressed with uh, Shield, and uh, I think there'll be some some proud people behind closed doors the way he's t- taken on feedback. And uh, he, let's not forget, he was dropped. He yeah. was dropped at one stage, and um, you know, he, as the saying goes, he got better, not bitter. So yeah, no, he yeah. I. Look, credit to him. We he had a poor start to the year, and he's turned it around in season. Um, so I agree. That's that's a big tick, a big like from me. Um, big like from you. Uh, keep going. You know, I think he's he's a consummate professional, and if we can continue with this form from Shield and how much pressure he takes off, 
Hobbs, Caldwell, etc., by just playing his role. If I had one criticism of his game as a as a fan watching the game, not as someone who thinks that they know better, I just wish that sometimes when he's streaming inside fifty, he'd just have a shot. Mm. 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 I think at the same time we'd probably criticise him if he, you know, he was taking those shots and shanking the kick and. Uh, then we go, well, why aren't you passing it off? So, um, yeah. I've got a quick, you know, to, uh, um, I'm not actually sure. I can't. Let me see if I can get some uh, advanced stats up here and get his. Uh, um, get his. Uh, it doesn't seem to show his disposal efficiency. Uh, no, hasn't hasn't got it. Um, oh, hang on. Yeah, looks it looks like he, he operated seventy two point four. Uh, disposal efficiency in comparison to Zach Merritt, who had eighty six point one percent efficiency. So mm. still, still pretty high, mm. um, but can get better. So I think that's his, maybe his next step there. Yeah, that's I don't know. It's just exciting seeing someone stream inside fifty and kick a goal on the run. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like as he... I said, if he was spraying him, we'd be criticizing him for not passing it off. Mm. Well, like he's doing the team thing. He's trying to hit up the the leaders and and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, that that's my only little gripe. I, I just love to see a running goal. Sure. Speaking of uh, good players in good form, how much of a difference has Kyle Langford made to this football team? He is uh, the glue that keeps it all together. He is so important. Um, three behinds yesterday, but. Um. Yeah, one of those guys that just doesn't just everything he does with it is very effective. He every time he touches the ball. Yep, he's a smooth mover. He's never rushed. He makes good decisions, and his disposal is really, really good. Mm. I would go as far to say that he would have probably been the difference in a couple of our games earlier in the year. Potentially, yeah. Um, he, Yeah, just just really what you need at half forward. Um, yeah. Someone who he doesn't rack up a heap of it uh, there, but um, when he does get it, he really makes it count. That's, I think that's what you need from someone at high, that mm, high-ish half forward. Do you know who... Wingman. The the role he's playing now reminds me a lot of Dean Rioli um, when Dean Rioli used to play for us, where okay. he wouldn't get tons of possessions, but every possession would be damaging. And he played that sort of half-forward flank, um, half-midfield, half-forward line kind of game. Um, and Langford's just got a little bit of that about him, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, I, I I probably didn't watch a whole heap of Dean Rioli, uh, just purely based on age. I probably missed the best of him, but um, yeah, very important, very important um, for our team structure and, and just like we said, just gluing it all together. Um, he is uh, yes, gets the right spots, uses it in the right way, doesn't try to do too much. He's just such an important link player for us, I reckon. Like, and he's he's just a smooth mover. He makes good decisions and he hits targets. And I think we the difference. And he kicks goals, right? Well, apart from on the weekend when he missed 
one that you would absolutely think that he kicks every time. Um, he just makes such a difference, such a huge, huge difference for us. Yeah, no, totally, uh, totally agree with that. Um, if I could add another like, Mr. Andrew McGrath, mm. um, he, he will never, never, ever uh, play on the ball again. He will be at halfback and he will be All-Australian uh, every year when yep. he's playing like that. Um, just for, he, he, he's, yeah, I think that's his spot. Um, particularly, you know, with their on-ball, on-ball brigade now with Shield, Merritt, uh, Parrish, obviously, to come back in there, Hobbs, uh, Caldwell, obviously, rolls through there. Uh, and then maybe, you know, Langford pinch hits or a string of pinch hits in there. Um, but I, I can't see, I don't see a need for him on the ball. No. And I think he just plays. He just plays off halfback so beautifully. And that, look, that's that's not a uh, not to say he's not up to play on board. It's me saying he's genuinely most dangerous um, playing halfback. Well, I I don't really remember Gavin Wanganeen playing for us that much. Like he left when I was seven years old, and I cried for four days. Um, but and you know, obviously, I had the number four on my back. But he. Everyone sort of describes the way he plays in the back line, that he moves in a similar way and plays in a similar way. And Wanganin won a Brownlow playing that role, that, you know, small defender, dashing, attacking defender. And I think with him, Hind, uh, D'Ambrosio and Redman, it suddenly becomes a really difficult weapon to stop. What we found when really it was just Saad doing that for us that teams would shut Saad down and then we'd lose all our drive off halfback. But you just cannot stop four of them. Or, you know, as we had in the team yesterday, three of them. Uh, you know, if they're going to go to Redmond and shut him down, then you're not going to be able to stop McGrath and Hind, etc., etc. It's just a really great weapon to have. And he's such a good reader of the game coming from behind. He just knows where to time his runs. He knows where to receive the ball. And when he's got time and space, he's an excellent user of the football. So I just don't see any reason why we should play him in the midfield ever again, barring significant injuries and, and lack of lack of uh, cattle on the park. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, especially, you know, in Shields playing that. I mean, we, we, we might cross over Zach Merritt. Um, tonight, but he, he was just fantastic as he always is. You don't even need to mention how good he is, because it's just a foregone conclusion that he's going to be one of your best. But um, Yeah, we never get... Let's give Zachy a like. Let's talk about his game. Fair enough. Uh, but going back to what I was just saying, when, when everyone else in that midfield is firing, uh, Shield, Parrish, Hobbs, uh, he's another one I want to talk about uh, in a mm, bit. But mm. um, We'll get there, we'll get there. Don't yeah, worry. And, and then, you know, obviously with uh, oh, Caldwell in there, Stringer, Perkins will roll through there as well. Um, there really isn't a need when when he's so damaging off half back. Like why, mm. why, why would you play him on ball? When I mean, he's got so many capable. Mitties? McGrath's had twenty nine disposals off half back. I don't know what his efficiency is, but I imagine it's it's better than when he was playing as a midfielder. Yeah. Oh boy. The fatigue hitting in there. Sorry, sort of the fans there. Um, seventy nine point three. He was operating at so about eighty percent. If you compare that, not that I've done this, but if you compared that to the games where he's playing full-time midfield, I reckon his, his efficiency is down around the 50% mark. You, you could be, yeah, very well could be right there. I, you know what? I'll, I'll, 
uh, as we're going through, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a game. I'm gonna go back in the in the in the uh, the time capsule and uh, the hot tub time machine. Um, but as I as I'm doing that, one guy I wanted to talk about was uh, Ben Hobbs. It did not yep. feel like he had only 15. Like he actually, yeah, we were saying this on the way and, home. Yeah, you look at his game and uh, although six tackles, um, you it didn't feel like if you just looked at the numbers. Um, and this is the criticism I have with just looking at statistics. Even Mac Welfie, 14, but, geez, felt like he was there a lot more. 10 tackles. Um, yeah, yeah. But Bradenham didn't touch it, and he felt like he had a good game. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was everywhere. Um, it was uh, one of those, yeah, just one of those games from him where he, he was really, the stuff he did was just so important. But yeah, you look at his stats, and you see, oh, that's pretty underwhelming. But, um he he was he he he's a player. He he'll never. He if he ever plays VFL again, I will be sick. Well, yeah, I'm I'm with you. He had a really good game, and he, you know, he got dropped a couple of weeks ago. Came back in because of uh, COVID, I think. Uh, someone came out, but Redman, uh, like no. he needed. Yeah, Redman did come out nah, a couple of weeks ago. Perkins, it was Perkins. Perkins. Um, so. Look, every young player is going to need a rest from time to time. But, geez, he, he looks ready-made, doesn't he? he? He's a good decision-maker. He's a good ball user. He tackles. He puts pressure on. He uses his body well. I really like Ben Hobbs. He's going to be a player. Yeah. Um, actually, I've gone through the um, the time capsule here. Um, guess what? I've, I've gone to Essendon Adelaide. Yep. Sure, he was playing on ball that day. Uh, 88% disposal efficiency. So, <laughs> mm, mm. I'm talking um, more last year and the year yeah. before when yeah. his trademark was get it out of the clearance and just kick it over his shoulder. Oh, I'm, I'm picking one game. It's probably not fair to just pick one game. But um, yeah, so going back to Hobbs, uh, he is a, a phenomenal talent. Um, mm, mm. So, you know, that boy can play. But yeah, Zachy Merritt, just doing Zachy Merritt stuff. 36 possessions, um, you know. What'd you say? Eighty percent efficiency. Yeah, he, above that. Yep. His left leg is a weapon. He accumulates. He gets space. He gets us meterage. He's yeah. What what would our midfield be without him? I wonder. We'd be in a bit of strife, that's for sure. Mm. Um, mm. No, nah, he's he's a phenomenal talent. Um, mm. I've got to, I've got to say um, a like. Adrian Dodoro. Tell me. Uh, give me, give me the... So, um, just from the top of the list here, I'm going to roll some names. Merritt, uh, yes. he was pick 20-something. He was not a high draft pick. No, he was out, I think, I think pick 27 or something. Yeah, pick 27 in one of the one of the uh, the league's best at his position. Mason Redmond also went late. Mm, I think he was a second or third rounder. Second or third rounder, there he you go. He wasn't extremely late, but he wasn't a first rounder, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, Mr. Gra- McGraw was obviously number one. Uh, Shield. Um, good good bit of business, considering someone else on the list. Well, it, um, yeah, but I, I suppose it, it hasn't really been his fault that he's under, the Shield's been underperforming the whole time. It just quality shows it was a, a more of a coaching thing, and now... Um, the coaches have, have found a way to get the most out of him, at least mm. for the time being. But Nick Hind uh, got him for nothing. Yep. 26 disposals yesterday. Ball use was a little bit shaky, but still 600 metres gained. 
Um, you know, you're not complaining with that. Nick Martin uh, from nowhere. Yep. Mr. Caldwell, obviously, um, we probably won that deal. I think it, would we give a second rounder? We gave, yes, a second rounder for him. So, and that, that obviously sweetened up the Shield deal because now it was Shield and Caldwell for a first and second round pick. So that's pretty good business. Mm. Um, Ridley, he was a bit later on in the draft as well. He was a second rounder. Second uh, Stringer for two second rounders. Hobbs, good pick up. He slid though. He, you know, that was a no brainer. Yeah. Guelphy, I'm not sure if he's off the rookie list or later in. I know oh, later in the draft. But even, um, uh, well, look, there's a couple of guys there I want to point out. Sam Draper, uh, he was ro- no one. Yeah, rookie. He was no one rookie. Uh, Mr. Durham, obviously through the mid-season draft, no one wanted him. Uh, Snelling, although he's probably one. Uh, he's just a bit out of form, as he would be, missing that much footy. So uh, yeah. he might be the one to go if Perkins is right or Parrish. Look, uh, he's, he was showing glimpses of, of getting back into it. Yeah, of he, course. Uh, he just yeah. needs some time. Yeah, absolutely. That, it, that's that's not a criticism saying, what the hell is he doing? It's saying he's, you know, obviously still work, making his way back. Um, Mr. Wright. Uh, the team we just smoked, it, he was their throwaway. Mm-hmm. Um, go figure that one. Uh, Zerk, Zerk was late. Zerk, Zerk was, was late. late. He, he was, was picking his 30s. Coming good. He's yeah. coming good slowly. Uh, and then Mr. Jones as well, Harrison Jones. Um, he was uh, like, yeah, he came pretty late as well. I, I think like 40s or something. Um, no, he was in the 20s. In the 20s, was he? Yeah, he was in the 20s. 20s okay. Either way, my point was he wasn't, um, you know, it's it's... it's I'd go as far to say the majority of our list, or a good chunk of it. Ah, um, uh, it went thirty. Okay, there you go. But a good chunk of it hasn't come in that sort of top fifteen to twenty. Um, mm. I'm going to go as far to say, that. but look, what am I trying to say? Yeah, um, there's some good recruiting and list management going on there um, to be able to flip from what. What he's been able to muster from what we've had, uh, I think it's pretty solid. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I'll give you a dislike, Maddie. Yep. That fucking drum in <laughs> the Gold Coast cheer squad. Oh, boy. Um, I actually thought um, in that first quarter when they were sort of four in a row, I thought, oh, boy, they're going to they're gonna match this year. Oh, I thought it is going to be a long day listening to that thing. He's not even hitting it properly. He's not getting the center of the drum. He's getting the outside. It was that tinny hitting. You've got to hit the center to get that deep bass hit. Yeah, I don't think he was too too fast. I think he was sort of uh, wanted to um, make himself known. It was a bit uh, soccer, soccery like, wasn't it? Mm, where when Gold Coast kick a goal, you can't hear anything except for four people. Uh, well, yeah, that and the uh, what do they call themselves the northern the northern terrace. Um, speaking of soccer, um, oh, oh, you know we don't need to pump it up, Mister uh, Draper's goal. Uh, oh. Give him the uh, he'll he'll just take the keys to that Ute. Maddie, um, how many how many times have you watched that incredible goal? 
Oh, well, I've, I've, I've put it on my Instagram story. Like it was, uh, I don't normally do that, but that was uh, pretty phenomenal uh, stuff. But what I, I have like, I, I, don't, I don't often go to soccer games. Um, I don't often w- watch that much soccer on TV in terms of Premier League and that sort of thing. I'm not saying I don't, I don't like the sport. I just don't keep up with it. I, I just think it's a great game. Um, but when he scored that goal, I have never experienced a football goal that felt like that felt so much like someone had just scored a goal in soccer. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he just that charged was... straight off to the crowd, <laughs> finger pointing up. That was one of the best goals we will ever see live. And I'm so glad I was there. And our seats dead set look straight down the line from where he was, from the angle that we were. We couldn't have had a better angle of that. No, we saw him, um, We saw him take it out of the ruck, give the handball off, run past, get the handball back, run past the Gold Coast tackler, and then just hit it on the outside of his boot to send it through the middle. And you know what? That was an important time in the game. Gold Coast had just kicked two in a row, and we thought there was plenty of time left, and we thought, oh, here we go. And then Big Drapes just grabs it out of the middle, runs through, kicks a goal, and I guess you could say that was curtains for the sun season. I guess he could certainly put the drapes over it, but uh, no, I'll, uh, I won't forget. That's up there with, I've seen some good goals. Uh, Matty Lloyd in 2008 or something with the, the reverse, the donkey kick. That was um, that was down our end as well. I think it was the other one. I, I remember, remember it being in front screen. of us. I remember watching it on the big screen. Oh, maybe, maybe. Uh, right on no, it was this big screamer that was in front of us. The mark yeah, right. of the year. Yeah. Uh, there's some other good goals in there. Um, the Paddy Ryder. Oh, no, that was that elimination final we lost. Yeah, I was um, there. That was a good good goal. Tipper. I think he was against Tipper's, Port. Yeah. Port. With about 15 seconds to go. Just that was against Kangas. The Kangaroos. Um, i trying to think. There's been a few good ones. Um, but I think that one takes a cake. I think that one was the best. Yeah, no, that that's 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 fair, but just the experience of uh, the reaction, it, it it honestly felt like a a, a soccer goal, like a mm. you take your shirt off and give us a big sue or something. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree, I agree. Yeah, but look, great. overall, the performance was pretty incredible um, from the Bombers. We it got a bit boring in the end because we just kicked so poorly to kick fourteen nineteen. If we're being serious, we probably should have won by about 12 goals. Um, and yeah. the game would have been... I mean, it was very bruise-free and the game was was pretty much over early. And that's two weeks in a row that we've played opponents that have seemingly applied no pressure. And I wonder if, in fact, we've just gotten a bit lucky and we've gotten two teams that had a bad day. Or... Is our game plan clicking and suddenly because we're winning the clearances and spreading well, it can appear like the opposition is not putting on any pressure? Um, it's, oh, it's hard to say. Um, mm. Potentially, we, it seems like we, we play very high, we, or at times we play very high disposal um, brand of footy. But I think... Um, it, it, it is very interesting that you know the the word coming out 
is that we've actually simplified the game and made it simpler and just gone back to basics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, and, and funnily enough, the basics, goal kicking, um, don't seem to be one of the things we've we've gone back to. But uh, I'll, no, I'll the last it. couple of weeks we've been pretty accurate. It against West Coast, it cost us the game, and we were pretty poor yesterday. But the weeks before that, we've been pretty spot on. Um, which leads me to another dislike, right? Is Peter Wright. Should have had a bag. Mm. Two goals, three is not good enough. What did he have against... Uh, was it West Coast? Two, six? He kicked two, four or something. Two, four or two, five. That's, just, that's ridiculous. But uh, yeah. yeah, look, I, I think... It's funny about wins like this, and it's very Essendon. Obviously, Lloyd, he said it, but um, I really wonder what happens from here in, in terms of mm. um, do they just, you know, sort of get ahead of themselves again and we're back to square one and, uh, you know, we just, it's the theme of our year. We get ahead of ourselves uh, for the start of the year and then we come good in the in the last half. Um, like we've done that plenty of times and we'll get excited over pre-season and blah, blah, blah. But um, that that's nah. what really frustrate me. No, nah, I, I don't think so. I think this season has been a real reality check for the club. And I just don't think Rutten survives if we're out of contention early in the season like we were this year. Yeah, like, I, I don't think he gets to the halfway point of the season if we're 2 and 11 or whatever we were. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 2 and well, 12. I, yeah. It's exactly like Lordy says that we need to bank wins early. Like, depending on the, what we get in the draw, but after round six, we need to be four and two or five and one. I think if we're going to be a serious football team. Yeah, I'll, look, I don't know if we'll contend next year. Um, no, we but, need to make finals comfortably next year. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just I, a non-negotiable. Uh... We need to make finals comfortably and we need to win a final. Anything less than that and Rutten has to go. So are, you, are you falling in the trap of uh, over-expectation? Seems to be the similar no. rhetoric you had at the start of the year, Nick. No, it's it's just... Well, Rutten's out of contract next year. It's un- We need to win a final. It's been too long. And that can be an elimination final, and then we can go out in the semis, right? But it's been too long. Essendon needs to win a final. It's not good enough. Um, and we can't have another season, another mediocre season like this. Yeah, oh, look, I'm certainly not uh, suggesting we have a, a mediocre season uh, and, and that I don't want to be in finals contention, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I I wouldn't put too much expectation on next year uh, from, like, a top four to top No, six. I'm not expecting top four, but the season that Carlton's having this year where, you know, we're five weeks to go and they're almost in already... I, that's what I, I think that is the pass mark for Ben Rutten for next year. Right. Well, I suppose you, yeah, you look at Collingwood, Carlton, Fremantle, who are all in similar positions. Yep. Yeah, but then also Hawthorne. Uh, they probably don't have as much top end as we do, but um, yeah, yeah, no fix. I seem to have the hiccups every time I come on this. Um, uh, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fickle. They're, they're fair comparisons. They're fair comparisons. Mm. Mm. No. So, yeah, it's... Look, I'm not getting carried away. I'm enjoying the winning and I'm enjoying the manner in which we're playing at the moment. But 
yeah, there's a lot of work to do still. And um, it starts, for me, it starts with the fitness staff. We need to get into round one with everyone having had a full preseason. The the way that we limped into round one, the way that we got injuries early, the way that players weren't fit, it's not good enough. It it really, you can see the difference that Langford's making. You can see the difference that a fit Jake Stringer, well, we know the difference that a fit Jake Stringer will make. We know the difference that a fit Will Snelling will make. Then the carry on and flow on effect of that. Um, and frankly, if, if we don't get out of preseason with a healthy list, where we need to be asking questions. Yeah, I think I mean that's that's potentially another thing that um, the sort of uh, the double-edged sword of winning games late is that maybe people don't or certain departments don't get reviewed as hard as they should or would. no, we're doing the internal review, mate. Oh, that that'll solve a lot of issues. Um, <laughs> just pat yourself on the back, why don't you? Mm, mm. But. Uh, yeah, I'd be pretty keen for them to do something externally, um, and uh, you know, just just forego, not forget the fact of how poorly we started and the and the way in which we played, the manner in which we played for, you know, sixty percent, seventy percent of the year. It was woeful. The more so than the losses was the manner in which we played. It was disgraceful. Um, yeah, and, and I've always said that it's the manner, it's not necessarily the losses. Yeah, and it's not it that can't be glossed over. No way. And some wins well, at the back end of the year I cannot gloss over that at all. No way. No, and that's what I'm saying. I hope, uh, yeah, I hope these wins don't, uh, uh, lead, yeah, I hope they don't erase memory mm. uh, for what mm. we went through for a 14-ish round, 15 rounds. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, Maddie, why don't we take a little bit of a break and then when we come back, we can look ahead to what is now uh, a game between the two form sides of the competition in Essendon and Collingwood. So, Matty, Sunday, 3.20pm, MCG, Essendon v Collingwood. Essendon having won four of the last five and the last three in a row, and Collingwood won, what, eight in a row or some, something ridiculous like that? Yeah, no, they're, they're looking good. That um, makes me sick. Yeah, uh, I, I, am, uh, I am jealous of them in the fact that... Uh, I really like what uh, Fly McRae is doing over there. Um, I don't. Well, when I when I put uh, past the 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 logo of the football club, if I looked at it as just a a blank football club, I um can appreciate a well oiled unit. Uh, he's got a serious he's got a serious resume. Um, there, I'm I'm looking at their lineup from last week, and there is not one name that I would not punch in the face. <laughs> You're an aggressive it's man. It's just, it's just irredeemable. Every single name is disgusting. 
I'm just looking at him now. Uh, you're just a very, very... You just hate everyone, don't you? I don't hate Essendon. Except yeah. when I do. Guess how many tackles Rory Laird had on the weekend? Don't care. 20. 20. Wow. It's probably... Sam Berry, 17. Mm, not interested. That's a phenomenal... Uh... Do they play for Essendon? Not, but uh, I thought that's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, that's, that's a phenomenal effort. Um, so tell me about changes. Who comes in? Who goes out? Where do we win well, this game? Where do we lose you, this game? Do you change a winning side? I'm not, I'm not too sure you do. Um, mm, the Perkinator, yeah. he'd be the obvious one. I don't know if he's ready, but... Um, How far away is Parrish? Not sure, but even him, I think Snelling might be the obvious one to go. Um, Perkins, if he ready, plays, I think. But I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure who you bring out. Um, the, I think the only one that comes in is Parrish. Okay, you don't you don't think the Perkinator is ready? Nah, nah, not as a not as a young player coming off a calf injury. I think you let him play a game in the twos. Okay, and just build his, um, yeah, fair enough. And I think probably, yeah, like you say, the only one to come out is probably Snelling uh, for Parrish, given how well we've played. Unless other injuries pop up. Like if Hobbs is sore, then you probably bring, and Parrish is ready, then you bring in, that's the obvious one, Parrish for Hobbs. Yeah. Um, and then maybe you have a conversation about Perkins for Snelling. Um, but, I mean, the team's humming along nicely. I don't know that we... Yeah, I agree with you that I don't think we change too much if we don't have to. No. Um, yeah, I, I, I've always said... I have to go back on what I said. I always thought if you're going to play Phillips, you play Brian. But I go back on that. I, I think Brian is better off uh, learning his craft as a, a, uh, a solo ruckman in the twos than he is, uh, you know, playing forward and, and ruck. Uh, in the mm-hmm. ones, so uh, yeah, I, I think that's it's really simple. I don't think we make any changes to the side. Nah, I wouldn't be. Maybe a different sub. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. I wouldn't mind yeah. Perkins as the sub actually if he's if he's not ready for a full game, but he he could handle a half or something. Yeah, but then does he does he lose a game potential game in the twos by doing that? Nah, he'll do he'll do his conditioning. He doesn't need touch. He just needs conditioning. Oh, but yeah, I don't know. I think you just want him to play. Like I've always said, it'd be the hardest spot in football would be that substitution position. Mm, yeah, it'd I agree. The hardest spot in football, but no, there's no one standing out to me. It's like, yeah, we need to get him in. Um, I suppose D'Ambrosio played in the twos, but geez. Hard to pick anyone to come out from the back. It line. is tough. I mean, really, anyone comes out for our boy Mustimo. Yeah, doesn't matter who you bring. Point. Drop, drop, drop Draper for him. <laughs> just, just find find a spot. Well, he um, can. He, he can play ruck. He can play everywhere. He can do whatever he wants. The uh, the big uh, So, the stats now. Let me let me ask you this. Where are Collingwood going to get on top of us? I haven't, uh, I haven't watched too much Collingwood. I don't actually know what their strengths are, but um, 
I'm assuming they, they're okay. Their, their ball movement's okay, isn't it? Let, let me tell you this. Collingwood have whinged to the AFL about Ginevan's free kicks. Guarantee you he will get a bag full of free kicks this weekend uh, for dropping his head. Um, I think, apart from Darcy Moore, they haven't really got any other quality tall defenders. Jeremy Howe plays taller than he actually is, but I think there's potential for us to get on top in that situation if uh, if we can get the ball to two meter Peter. Um, Darcy Moore is a great interceptor, not a great one-on-one defender, not a great lockdown defender. So I think there's there's room for us to exploit there. But then it's the same the same situation of getting our hands on the football, winning the contest, and keeping the ball in our forward line. Yeah. Um, so just just going uh, back to your question about the twos, um, Stewart's kicked four in the BFL. He has. Uh, Voss has kicked four. Hurley also played forward, but uh, our only damaging. Um, well, D'Ambrosio's had fourteen, two kicks and twelve handballs, which is unlike. Yeah, but he only played a quarter. Oh, he only played a quarter, did he? I'm guessing. Okay. He actually right. got fourteen from the bench. <laughs> well, there you go. He uh, didn't even have to be on the ground. But uh, no. interesting that there's no one really screaming out for selection from the twos. Um, I think you you think about Stewart if you really want to stretch their defense and you think about Stewart for Jones. Um, yeah. But I would rather get games into Jones, to be honest. I actually think Jones is, is very important to our forward line because he, he... Yeah, adds, I agree. So he's tall, but he can also... He's mobile and... Um, skillful enough that he plays small. Yep. In, in a sense, so he, he can he can can get the ball on the ground and he, he can follow up. So, uh, yeah. But I honestly don't know where we were. I don't know Collingwood enough. Um, but I'm I'm gonna say something cliche. I think if we dominate the contest and uh, we're able to break lines um, from the back half, particularly when we play that possession game, that's where we generally get stuck is when we can't break a line, which we seem to have done a bit better the last mm. few weeks is take a bit of a risk um, and and just play it a little bit. In fact, we probably looked a bit better when we made a skill error and were forced to play a bit chaotically. Um, mm. Not necessarily saying we do that, but um, yeah, I, I think, you know, we just beat them by, how's this for a cliche, playing our way. Mm. Mm. I want to see Jake Kelly... Stick another small forward in his back pocket. So he's had uh, um, Rankin last week. And then the week before against Brisbane, he had Charlie Cameron. And I just want to see him blanken that peroxide blonde dickhead Jack Ginevan. And look, if he's going to tackle him high, I hope he takes his head off. (laughs) Why have you become so aggressive? I hate Collingwood. That's why. But it's a general trend. Like, I've been watching, listening to you the last few weeks. You're like, I would fucking knock this guy's socks off and I would. And you're swearing like you never did that. Like, what's going on? Are you okay? Are I'm, you a fr- okay? I'm a frustrated. That's a good. You're allowed to ask your mates, are you okay? I'm a frustrated Essendon supporter and I hate Collingwood. Is it just Essendon? It is. And yeah. I hate. I hate Collingwood supporters. I hate the Collingwood president. I hate the Collingwood coach. I hate the Collingwood home ground. I hate the jumper. I hate magpies in general. Um, 
And I think a lot of people would feel the same. Well, that's fair. The uh, yeah, they're very easy to hate. Uh, mm. But mm. Uh, I, look, I I love beating Collingwood. Um, they they're funny they're funny on supporters because they you know they get so ruffled up. If they beat you, they really let you know about it. But as soon as you get them, oh look, mate, it was a good game. You deserve it. Well done to Essendon, and they just sort of fly the white flag. So, um, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. But I, I think we can get them. I think they're definitely gettable. Yeah, I I think their credit to them, they've won a lot of close games, but those close games have not necessarily been against great opposition. Like they beat Adelaide by a goal, they beat North Melbourne by a goal. So I think their form line reads a bit better than it is, perhaps. It was a bit like last year when um, early in the season we'd lost four or five by less than a goal. This is sort of what a season looks like when you win those games, when the toss of the coin goes your way as opposed to the other way. And that is a skill in winning those close ones. That's absolutely, I acknowledge that. But I think their form line is a bit flattering. If you look at their performances and who they've beaten and by how much, I think they're gettable. I agree. Yeah, they don't they don't scare me going into the eight. Mm. One thing, one particular advantage I think we do have is that uh, we've got nothing to lose. Mm. So uh, they they're obviously still playing for a spot in the finals. Um, they haven't quite locked it up yet, if I'm not wrong. Um, whereas we obviously pretty much cannot play. Uh, so well, they're 48, so they're. A game ahead of Sydney and Carlton, and then two games ahead of Richmond, the Bulldogs. So they're not they're not uh, locked away in it, and they're only a game off Geelong and Melbourne, which is surprising. Um, yeah, it's a funny year, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, I think the, the that's one of the advantages we have is that uh, they yeah we we've got absolutely nothing to lose. There's nothing at stake here for us. Mm. Um, In fact, we actually don't want to finish higher than 13th. No, I agree with that. But here's the thing. I mean, people talk about the draw and blah, blah, blah. The fact is, you, you, the 17 games, you, you know, it's five games that are, that are different. If you can't beat 12 of the 17 teams, uh, are you really that much of a chance anyway? Well... When when your pass mark is making finals and winning in an elimination final, then yes. If you're talking about winning the premiership, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. The draw doesn't matter. But when you're talking about occupying fifth through eighth and getting over the line in that first game, I think the draw absolutely makes a huge difference. It's why you very rarely see a premier outside the top four. Because the quality drops off significantly from four to five, typically, mm. or certainly from six to seven and eight, no question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, even then, if we are we stumbled into finals again, does that really solve our, our problem that much? Um, it's not, so, so. but it's the manner. It's the manner in which that occurs. Yeah, uh, Start, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Stumbling into finals and losing in the first round is a waste of time. We might as well finish lower and, and get a better draft pick and push up. I'm talking about having a season where we finish 
you know, fifth or sixth, get a home final win, go into a semi. And then you're, you know, a win from the prelim at that point. Anything can happen. Mm. But mm. it's just getting that monkey off the back, winning a final, getting some pride back into the football club. I think that is incredibly important. Yeah, fair call. Fair call. Um, yeah, see, my point being, you know, people talk about the draw. I'm the same. If you can't beat 12 of 17 that you play, um, I, I think, well, what are you... What are you what are you really doing? Like, you, I don't think you're that serious. Like, uh, yeah, that's that's. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Opinion, anyway. So I don't read too much into the draw. Um, although it, it certainly does help, and can be the difference around, say, seven to eleven, or you know, even twelve. But I, none of them are going to win the premiership anyway. So. Mm, mm. Um, yeah. So, Maddie, we've been waffling yeah. on for a while. Tell me, do we win or do we lose? I just think we win. Hmm. Mm. Got this feeling. Yeah. I- I've got a feeling that we, we get the win. It tends to happen when you've lost Anzac Day the, that year uh, and the team that is out of contention often gets the win. Um, so, yeah, I'm tipping us. But, yeah, yeah. It'll, be, it'll be an interesting game. I'm looking forward to it. Um, should be a much better game than it was looking like four weeks ago. Absolutely. The only other team with better form than us currently is Geelong. It's well, Geelong have won... You'd argue Collingwood. They've won five of them. No, no, that's what I mean. It's Geelong, Collingwood and us. We are we have won the most consecutive of anyone else in the league. Um, so, it's... Yeah, it's, it's two of the three best form teams. And I mean, of course, we're talking about different opposition, etc., etc. But it's going to be a good game, I think. Yep, no, I, I look forward to what it, it's a it's a Sunday, isn't it? Sunday afternoon, yeah. That's really interesting to I suppose the way the teams are looking at that stage, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it was looking pretty great, cool. but no, three twenty Sunday, Channel Seven, uh, fantastic. So, Maddie, where can people find us? I was just about to say we're out at only two ten. That's a I would have thought that's a little bit low for us. But the the punters are, are not uh, they're not disgusted by the thought of Essendon. Winning, uh, but they can find us uh, on the same platform that they're listening to this on. Uh, they can head to the Don Father Pod on Instagram, and uh, we're actually we've, on Facebook now. Yeah, we've just ended Facebook land, uh, so yeah. the Don Father. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think the the Instagram is really popping off at the moment. That seems to be what Danielle is doing a fantastic job of. Uh, and, she uh, is. You know, it's great to have uh, Mr. and Mrs. D'Ambrosio following along. Excellent. Excellent, sir. Well, thanks for joining me, Maddie. Thanks for having me. I'm not as sharp. I'm a bit Will Snelling-like. I'm not as sharp as I uh, once was, but I uh, look forward to earning my way back into form. Mm-hmm. And until next time, go Dons. Go Dons.